everyone. Hello, all. Welcome to another edition of Nerds That Speak, a podcast hosted on Nerds That Geek. And we are doing something very, very unique today. Normally, um, visitors of the site notice we do recaps that are set up through primarily on, you know, long handwriting, if you will. But today, because of how awesome Cloak and Dagger was this, uh, this past week here, we thought it'd be a little bit more fun to do this via a podcast. So I'm actually joined today by Dave Minkus who is a longtime friend of Nerds That Geek, and you've seen some of his work posted on here as well. Uh, Dave, welcome to the show. I think it's the first time we've had you on, Nerds That Speak. It is, but thank you so much. I, I, so I get access to the episodes a little early, so I texted you Sunday night. I'm like, dude, we need to do a podcast because, oh, God. You did. You did. And I don't, I, I don't get uh, texts like that very often. Usually I'm watching it live because uh, uh, my screeners tend to be movies these days and like a handful of TV ones, so I haven't had the the, the – the blessing yet of seeing a freeform one like that, but uh, yeah, this was um, this episode entitled "Ghost Stories" was just uh, is off the chain. I am uh, I am wholeheartedly blown away by by so much at, about this particular episode. But before we get too deep into the episode, um, everybody knows why I love the show, and, and I've made that very clear in every recap that I've done for it. Um, Dave, what what made you fall in love with Cloak and Dagger? It, oh goodness! The, the problem is you can't talk about this show and extol its virtues without throwing other shows under the bus. That is fair. And so I'm about to do precisely that. Um, (laughs) The thing that I love about Cloak and Dagger, the thing that really stuck with me, I got to see the first four episodes about a month and a half earlier or so, I think. And it was the fact that it wasn't a CW show in that it wasn't like cramming people into the costumes as soon as possible and then try to jury rig some kind of character development and storyline around it. Yeah. And instead there are powers involved with Cloak and Dagger and I'm I'm like I'm so in love with this show that I was like I didn't say hey let's wait until two weeks from now when episode ten comes out I'm like episode eight is so phenomenal we need to talk about this now and it's just a continued <laughs> bend, building crescendo and I see Key with the Beagle is going to guest star again here yes, she loves to uh, pop up on the show <laughs> nice to her to interrupt <laughs> fantastic that she chimes in that's all good she does she loves the show too she, the Beagle loves yeah. it what can I say <laughs> so the big thing is that it's a show that's based around character. And storyline with the powers thrown in as seasoning, if you will, to, to the recipe of the story. Now, usually when you f- run into that kind of thing, it's because the show has no budget and they can't do anything. And so they're like, well, oh, crap, yes. we have to work around this. But the effects work in this show is phenomenal. Uh, it's done beautifully and actually has a lot of subtlety and nuance to it that leaves you to figure out what everything means. And I really appreciate that in a show that doesn't beat you over the head with it, but gives you enough to be able to follow the threads. And it just keeps building and building. And Olivia Holt and uh, Aubrey Joseph are both just amazing as both Tyrone and uh, and Tandy. And I just love them. Like At the beginning of episode four, I was like, are they going to get to the costumes and do powers or not? And then I didn't care five minutes in, and I still don't care even though we are. Is this spoiler-tastic? Um, you know, actually, let's go ahead and do it now, folks. This is the emergency spoiler alert system. We're going to say a lot of stuff that's a lot of spoiling, so get ready for the ride. So, spoil away. I am so glad that I said that first because I hate to be that. Yes, guy. I forgot to do that part. That's our bad. No, no, it's okay. So in episode <laughs> seven, we saw them starting to get. We saw Tandy get the hang of her powers very well. Yes, very much so. And then episode eight is where Tyrone does, and we actually see him in the cloak costume. And I've seen stuff. I think it was from CBR dot com. Was like, oh, we finally see Tyrone in the cloak costume. And I'm like, dude, if that's what you got out of this episode, you're not watching the show. And obviously yeah. they, they end yeah. up saying, oh, and this is just from the teaser. I'm like, okay, I can, I can let that slide because there's so much more here. Well, and, you know, and there was, and that's, that's the big thing too. That, that is the only thing you got out of this than, than 
Yeah, it's not. <laughs> Stop that, watching. That's a problem. That's a problem. Um, it really is. And I'm with you. I mean, that's this has been – I really have been on a, personally on a superhero burnout um, and part because of the CW shows. I don't think I, I – I've kind of stepped away from watching a lot of those because it's so – I mean, don't get me wrong. I love heroes for what they inspire. I love heroes for what they do. But it's a little saccharine for my taste at this point in time. And I've been looking for something more. And, and Black Lightning, there's a lot of good about Black Lightning, too. So I don't want to discount that all the CW shows have suddenly gotten too sweet for their own good. But because um, Black Lightning did a lot of progressive things that I was really proud of seeing on, on TV for a change. But this, this is just like anything. This is unlike anything other. I mean, there's there is nothing like this show out there superhero-wise. Um, and that is what I find so refreshing is that character development. And yeah, this episode... I mean, it's done such a phenomenal job over the past eight weeks of taking the time to really not only delve into the character, but delve into the character's pain. And I've really enjoyed that the most because it's really made them relatable. They, they have a lot of the same, you know, fears and, and, and misnomers that everyday people do. Um, and it's big for me to see characters that can relate. And tonight was just uh, it was just powerful, powerful stuff. I have never seen stuff like this. I mean. You don't see, at least I can't think of any superhero stuff that really takes the time to look into the the lasting effects and the pain of death, so to speak. Um, and that's the biggest thing I, I noticed first about this episode was that, was how much we spent reflecting on those we lost since this was the anniversary of uh, of everything with the rocks on rig going down and, and Billy dying and, and Tandy's dad dying. Yeah, it's... The, the way I told you, though, I didn't give you any spoilers heading in. I just said Ish you is did about not. to get... Nice. I said Ish is about to get real... And then, no, really, it's about to get real. And I, that's something I really appreciate about the show, and that they give you that hero moment, and then they bring it back to what the core of that show is, and yes. it just changes everything. I'm like, what are we, what are we getting in the next two episodes? Because I am so in. Um, and that's what I'm amazed about the most, is that, I mean, even... <laughs> I don't want to say that this episode robbed anything, because it, it felt natural and organic. I mean, even though they, they essentially get the justice they so deserve, man, like, it's going to get ugly real quick here because they poked their head in the wrong places and i i don't trust scarborough at all i don't care the fact that you know tandy got the money that's uh that dude's trouble and, and he, he can't be far behind and causing more harm than good for her absolutely and it's very interesting that they had the turn i don't want to get super duper spoilery just because there's so many character moments it's funny i'm totally cool with spoiling up the superhero stuff but the <laughs> character stuff i'm just really kind of precious about but that's okay the the fact that they had Tandy's arc turn, I will say, on such a dime. Oh, yes. And in such oh, yes. a dramatic fashion. Like, it gives you the opportunity. Like, if they were not to keep doing this show, if they were to cancel it, like, oh, my goodness, it's a very interesting resolution to the story. And you could resolve it at episode eight. I'm so glad it's been green, greenlit for season two. But, yes, please. Thank you. Yes. Oh, good God. Yes. Um, yeah. And then Tyrone is getting his own brand of... The execution of his payback was like I was sitting here clapping Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> just I was it so was just loving it. So beautiful. I mean, it was beautiful. I, I, there's really another word for it. I mean, I, I could not get over just how how ballsy that was. I mean, that was impressive. You don't see a uh, you don't see somebody take justice like that, and and, and that's obviously. And then you mean that in the best possible way. If you haven't seen the episode yet, it's not, don't don't think it, suddenly Tyrone's going a dark turn. This is uh, that's the right that was the right way to handle it for him. I think I, I don't think there's any other way he could have uh, he could have dealt with that in his in his past. Yeah, I, I think what's very interesting and what I really appreciated about especially this episode is we got that superhero turn. Yes, but they yes, we kept did. it within the scope and and the rules and the universe that they've created and kept it somewhat restrained and still kept it character based. Which mm -hmm. I know I'm saying character ba character based a lot. 
but again, going back to the CW shows, I'm glad that there's so much diversity in so many so, it, of everyone is represented as humanly possible. But like in Supergirl, Alex's storyline made me want to like harm a small woodland creature, not because of the content, but because of just how ham-fisted and god awful it was executed. Um, which is fair. I mean, I actually think I think you're right. It, it, it's too important to not do um, properly, and it needed to be done properly. And yeah, there's a lot of rushing around in the CW shows, and and for me, I think what's starting to kill me is the uh, is that rushing because I mean, I'll use the Flash as an example. It's just everything is so hyper-contained and so packed in. That did um, not need to take a whole season. It just yeah. didn't. No, you're, I mean, it's just, yeah, you, you, there's just not enough time to really appreciate those important moments. I mean, there's, there was some heavy stuff that happened in, in Flash Season 4 that really should have spent a week in between exploring the effect on Team Flash, but then we're on to, well, got to go save the next the next meta. Let's take care of that. Um, and that, that bothers me because I, I, I'm not saying that everything has to be dark and broody anymore, but you definitely need to take some time to, 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 to focus on those character moments and, and really focus on those detail pieces. And I don't, I, it's interesting. I don't think I've read anybody saying that, well, Cloak and Dagger is taking too much time. It seems like everybody's really enjoying, I know I am, and I, I know definitely you are, they're really enjoying this this slow cook, simmery approach to bringing it there. And, and you're right, tonight's tonight's big superhero reveal was, was really no big deal. But, it still felt right. Yeah. Well, it was a big deal. It just wasn't the big deal. Well, you know what I mean. I mean, in the respect of it, it, normally, go back to Supergirl, for example, like the whole sequence dedicated her getting into her costume and then becoming Supergirl and putting the shield on, all that stuff was very magnanimous and very ceremonial. Here, it was just part of life in in an essence, where Tyrone is just, he has become this hero. It is finally, that transition is there for him. And and Um, Supergirl is such an, I'll I'll get off the CW tangent, but Supergirl is such a different (laughs) show from when it went from CBS to CW. Very true. Like that, yeah. And and that's not just, full disclosure, I have family who worked on season season one, so that needs to get put out there. But yeah, just the execution from, and I hate saying it because I have a friend who works on Flash still. And it's just like, I hate saying it's it's bad, but it's bad. (laughs) And then you have Cloak and Dagger, which is the birth of fresh air. Oh, I mean, it's just it, I, I, from the minute this thing started, I, I was already hooked. I mean, I couldn't believe where they've gone with it. And, and like I said tonight, again, that this those, those character moments, um, yeah, for me, were, were extremely special. I'm not going to lie. There are several parts of this episode where just the reflection upon the loved ones they've lost that, that literally put mist in my eyes. It was that good. It was that brilliant. It was that that, that touching. I mean, it was just so such a human story. Um, which you just you miss a lot of these days in, in superhero stories. Yeah, and, and I like the fact that they don't cram the uh, shout-outs to the rest of the universe down your throat. Yes, that is very true. It, it's and there like, was... You, you got to meet my friend Misty. I was just like, yeah, I was oh. going to say, there was that one tonight. With that, yeah, it was, that was a nice little piece there. And I think... Now, I haven't had a chance to sit through Luke Cage Season 2 yet, but I have to understand that the two... She gets a name drop in there as well, if I, if I oh, understand okay. correctly. I have not finished Season 2 yet. I barely started okay. it. Yeah, I've been. I've, it popped up on the, the many, many spoilery things that pop up in my feed. Now, if I'm wrong about that, well, then I'm I'm wrong. So I apologize. But fake you know, I, news, I, the, the little tie into the fake MCU news. Is pretty... <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, well, we're trying not to do any more of that. It's a bad thing these days. They tell me so. <laughs> no fake news here, please. My bad if I if I screwed up. So. <laughs> but you um and you also caught another um impressively good shout out in this particular episode that you were just uh, we, we kind of briefly discussed there before we started recording yes yeah, so um i definitely I, want you to share that everybody for sure i don't know if it's on purpose or not i think this show has been so well laid out and has been so meticulously put together i can't think that it wouldn't be on purpose and that would be at the end when 
hot boyfriend who showed up out of nowhere, just like suddenly, oh, I'm a love interest. We get yeah, home. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, good call on that. Actually, that's a good point. I, I, I kind of forgot about that because everything else was so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like one of the few ancillary characters. We get home at the end of the episode. We're going to have a nice date night. And, oh, boy, he got killed and shoved in a refrigerator, which yeah, I have taken did. to be a direct shout out to, not against, but to Gail Simone, considering she got her whole start talking about the, the women in refrigerators thing, you know, dating back to when Kyle Rayner's girlfriend was essentially just there to be murdered and shoved into a, a refrigerator. And I feel like the fact that we had a boyfriend who was literally there to be a love interest and then get murdered and shoved into a refrigerator is just an, an homage to all the work that she's done. Cause she's doing some phenomenal writing right now in the comics world as well. Um, I have a feeling you're absolutely right on that. That is not, you're right. Nothing misses this show's attention. Everything is carefully and meticulously in place. Um, I almost tweeted Gail on Sunday night because she doesn't know me, but still be like, Hey, are, are you, <laughs> you know anything? I, you know, maybe someone should maybe just Twitter question it out, I guess. I know I'm curious too, if maybe she does, or, or at least has a, at least by tomorrow, I'd hope, uh, you know, have an understanding of that. that that's part of it. But, um, that, that, that's cool. That's cool if it is. And that's great if it is, because that would be a, that would be a, a very proper shot out for the, the comic world in general. Yes, that's for sure. Um, and I was just actually, it's funny. We, uh, in, in mentioning of those meticulous moments too, I, I gotta, I gotta say that I think in, in conjunction with episode seven, that it feels like every little moment that seems like a throwaway, I feel it has more relevance than anything else. And that's why I was, and, and I just, this, this episode confirmed it too, cause I'm, I'm referring, uh, very haphazardly around it to the, um, reference about the rig workers and how they got infected with a little touch of anger. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I know the discussions that I've had in between, last week to this week were a lot of that of, you know, do you think that was important? And I think it was very important. You don't just kind of randomly toss that in there. Like, Oh, it seemed like it was Ivan's um, lucidness. I, it felt like that's a harbinger of doom for the next two episodes. It sounds like all hell's going to break loose. soon. Oh yeah. You don't set that up for, for a one episode. Mm -hmm. thing. That, that, mm -mm, no, no. And apparently it's based off the comics too. I'm not a big cloak and dagger guy. Honestly, I'm a DC comics guy between the two big, the big two, but apparently it is a shout out to something that happens in the comics. Um, which would surprise me. And I, I know I've been through these comics before, but it has been a very, very, very long time. So that's one of those uh, I'd have to really get into some wikidoms to find out where the heck this is. <laughs> it's all good. Bad, bad John. Bad John. I no, 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 no. So let me throw a question at you that's like about the show sure. in, in a mm -hmm. grander scheme. I, I don't know if you ever read what I wrote at all about the first four episodes, but I posited that this show couldn't possibly work on any channel except Freeform. Um, actually, I did, and I, you did a great write-up on those first four episodes. Uh, that was for sure. I, 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 I held off as long as possible to do it because I know you said that I shouldn't read anything before I got into this. Yes, true. Um, so it was one of those – I kind of just I had to take a steep piece and peek and get a taste. But I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think this is um, – it's been inherently obvious that Freeform is trying to find its, its, its white whale um, for television shows. And it's been doing some really cool stuff, man. I was a big fan of beyond. I really enjoyed mm -hmm. the, what that show was doing, what it was trying to accomplish. And I, I think this is probably that white whale in question because it's just so perfect for this network. Um, and it's, it's everything that it's needed and more. Yeah. When you're targeting the demographic that's behind this show and just so you don't have to go read whatever the heck it is I wrote, cause who wants to do that? My, my, my uh, argument but, was, but we're going to, we're going to leave a shout out for that at the end of the episode. Sure. Can't read it Cause I want them to at the site that I've written once on in the past three years, but it's all good. There's going to be okay. more. <laughs> um, but the thought was that like, if this were to go on, even on Netflix, there's because freeform is geared towards young adults and you know, like even early 20 somethings, it gives them the, the capability and the freedom, pardon the pun, 
to uh-huh. to reach out and actually make a show that's ge- geared towards that audience without the unintentional like jadedness that comes with full on adulthood that you would probably get you definitely get on any of the major networks and I would venture to say even possibly on Netflix. Um, I, I maybe not on Netflix, on... but I, I think Freeform is the perfect home for it. No, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think it I think it, it it definitely satisfies a much broader audience on Freeform. I just when it comes to the Netflix side of it, while while I've enjoyed the Marvel ones there. I, they're missing some of the heart at times that this particular show has. And I think that's what's making it so successful in my eyes is, is the heart. I mean, when you think about your favorite comic book movies and your shows, there's just, there's something special about what the characters bring to the table. Uh, the, the charm that Robert Downey Jr. brings to, to Tony Stark is what really what sold Iron Man. I mean, the, the plot in and of itself is pretty, pretty by the numbers for a superhero flick, but you really want to get behind Tony, you want to rally behind him. You know, Christopher Reeve's Superman brings a certain, um, innocence to the role that I don't think was ever even present in the comics, to be honest. And these two are just bringing so much heart and so much power to their roles. And like I said, Olivia and Audrey are just doing such a great job with, with their performances on screen because it's just, it's just so heartfelt and it's just so relatable. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, the, the stuff that they, they go through, I mean, it, it, I, I am obviously no longer a 20 something, but even then there's stuff in this like, yeah, I, I, I can legitimately relate to that. As a forty-something, I appreciate the fact that it didn't. It, it goes right up to the edge of almost hitting melodrama, but it doesn't cross that line. Yeah, that is very true. And I think, like, I mean, this is their. I think it's this is Freeform's third uh, venture into the genre TV shows. We've got Shadowhunters, which, I mean, I got to hang out with the cast, and still, I was like, that show's so bad. And <laughs> Beyond is such a good entry point for sci-fi. Like, it may not be the best mm-hmm. sci-fi show ever, but it's so solidly written. And it's just a good entry point to that genre. And the the cast is fantastic. But, like, Cloak and Dagger is the show that I can recommend to anyone unabashedly. No caveats, no addendums. Just watch this show. Um, I have been. I mean, ever since it hit, uh, and anybody that gets a chance that's in my my nerdy circle, I'm just like, Cloak and Dagger, go watch it. Um, and in the on the odd era now, of course, of, uh, of, of streaming and whatnot, some are going to just binge the, the tar out of it when it hits, you know, the, the season finale. But uh, I've been telling a lot of folks, you know, I don't if you get a chance to sit there on Thursday the 6th, you need to park your button and see it on Freeform because it's really, really darn good. Yeah, you're, I mean, I understand why you'd want to wait, but at the same time, you kind of want to get on it. And I don't know. I can see the binging thing because after the episode's over, I'm like, dang it, is there another screener? Nope, son of a – okay. Yeah, I did want more. I'm with you there, actually. I don't usually binge either, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, – that I could have gone for another episode right there. Uh, that two-hour run would have been nice. Yeah, so so I get uh, – I'm going to do more bashing. I'm sorry. Is that okay? I don't, that's, I'm fine with it. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. So, so keeping in that DC universe, um, feels like Titans is really hard to tread in this same territory, and the trailer just is not. It's like the wrong version of trying to go dark and edgy. Um, you know, we could probably spend another hour just on DC's full <laughs> pause alone. Well, we'll just keep um, it in Titans because it because it thematically it feels sure, yeah. close. To, it feels close to Cloak and Dagger at least. Um, yeah, I mean, I I, I, I see why, but I, you know, I I'm gonna be honest. I had a real hard time getting through that trailer. Um, I kind of. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No. It's it's awful. It's awful. Ah, uh, it's just um, I don't get. It's funny. The animated one I would definitely prefer over that any day of the week. You mean Young Justice uh, or or Go? Ah, uh, either one. Honestly, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of where we're at with this because uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what DC's thinking. It feels like another <laughs> fundamental misunderstanding of who their characters are. Because, like, if that version of Robin was Damien, okay, that makes sense. But if it's Dick, it, it just doesn't track... The, DC has this really, unfortunately, long history, or Warner Brothers, I guess I should say, of having shows be about a superhero in name only. 
Like, Arrow is yeah. Batman. I'm sorry. Arrow is Batman. Oh, totally. Well, I mean, uh, it's something that, uh, that Shay and I were talking about just the other day. I mean, we were, we were discussing Arrow and, 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 and all that, and she pointed out very succinctly, Ra's al Ghul. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a Batman villain who, oh, by the way, is showing up on Arrow. So, yes, it's basically Batman. There's really no two ways about it. That's, Deathstroke that's is a Titans villain, and Huntress is in the Batman universe, and Adam is actually Blue Beetle, but that's a whole different – that's that's an entirely different rant for me. So I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> But Titans, no, okay, but Titans just feels like it's like we're gonna go dark and we're gonna go edgy, like we haven't learned any from this anything from the Snyderverse. Well, and that's and that's that's DC's problem. Is I mean, it's it's killing me because I, uh, as we get into this, this part of the tangent, but it's important because this wraps around yeah. to a couple of things. Yeah. Um, I, I recently finally had the chance to see uh, Justice League. I actually avoided in theaters just because I'm like, you know, I got a feeling that I'm gonna get really mad about spending ten dollars on this to see it in the theaters, and you know what? I was right because it was just <laughs> so by the numbers and it's killing me because I am um, a hardcore Superman fan. That's, that's one of my favorite all time comic book characters. I love, I love, I love Kal-El. He's just, he's the man. Um, and to see Henry Cavill, who is providing one of the best performances of Superman that I've seen in really since Chris Reeve um, and no, no disrespect to Brandon Routh, who did a very solid job of, of, of passing that torch, so to speak. Um, it's just forcing a rough script that he had to work with. Um, they're wasting. They're wasting Henry's prime years as Superman. This this dude not only has put himself into understanding the character better than some have in many 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 recent years, but he also puts in the physical work, which I mean that's nuts. And he looks like he looks like Superman. I mean I remember him walking into the uh, the Capitol building in Batman vs Superman, and my goodness, that's that's Superman. And it's driving me mad. But I mean it it doesn't. I think Cloak and Dagger to wrap this piece around really shows that you can do a level of angst and a level of pain, but it doesn't have to all be about that. And, and I appreciate the fact that, that it isn't with the show because when it is, it's important, but they try so hard to find the good in life. And that was a big focus of this episode too, actually was finding the positive in their situations and finding some way to cope with the pain and, and, and then facing their demons like this was just a brilliant stroke of storytelling. Absolutely. They, they, the showrunners of Cloak and Dagger have figured out how to balance like a real life because life has happiness in it occasionally. Yeah, as opposed to just as opposed to filming with a tone in mind, and there is definitely a tone to the show, but it's not the overriding theme of everything has to be dark because that's what everyone wants. It's it's going to be dark because it's in service to a greater story, which really plays those moments of of light and life as even more powerful. Like they play off each other amazingly, kind of like how Cloak and oh, Dagger yeah. do, just, like as the characters. Yeah, no, actually, that's, I was just going to say that, but just, you took the words out of my mouth, and that's great, because that's exactly the point. I agree with you wholeheartedly, um, and, and I love that about this show, and, and the fact that there are those, I mean, it really, it's those moments of beauty, and even, even, even the sad moments in this episode were still beautiful. Like I said, they brought tears to my eyes. I mean, there's a certain level of, um, of just the, the sheer magnificence of life to it. I, I, I'm even thinking back to some of the uh, some of Tandy's moments in this one that were just so, uh, it's, it's interesting to see how inherently good they are, even from a young age, um, moving on. And this episode demonstrated a lot of that, too. I think in the first five minutes from the first step from the pilot episode, when it, uh, the visual that just it's stuck with me ever since I watched it is when Tyrone's st- reaching his hand down to the, the roof of the car and Tandy's reaching her hand up. And yeah. as, as everything's yeah. going off and you have the light and the dark intermixing and interweaving, it's just the imagery is so beautiful in this show. And they've kept it consistent up through – now, granted, it's only eight episodes. But still, mm-hmm. a show can easily fall off the rails by this point. Oh, I mean, and, and, and just maintaining that kind of subtlety. I mean, that, that's a lot of work that goes into that, and, and there's a lot of story that needs to be told here. So, yeah, for them to take the time to put the care into that is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, that, it's, I love it. I, it's really the only word I can 
it's just that comes to mind for the show is beautiful. Yeah, subtlety and nuance are what the show has in spades, which is I think why probably why I love it so much. Um, I'm with you on that. Yeah, it's not so it's not so bold and overbearing, and it's not so it's just not hammy. I mean, that's what I'm loving about it. It's yeah. not it's not hammy at all. But it's still it's not subdued because it's still a very emotional show. But it's oh, just, I mean, it's just, oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Well, I mean, last week for example, I mean, my, my goodness, I mean that that whole piece with the. Uh, with Tandy being trapped down there just to talk to her dad, I mean, a it, it socks you in the stomach, and b it's just like, wow, that's a that's a tough place to be. I mean, that was that was hard to watch actually. That really was. Yeah, there are other superhero shows. See, I'm not calling anything out now. Where that where a character will do something that you can call objectively stupid, and you're yes. like, you are being objectively stupid for no good reason. While Tandy's yes. choice wasn't the wise one, it's something that makes complete sense. Yeah, you, you again, you could relate to her. That's, yeah. the, that's the amazing part. Whether, whether you've lost someone that close to you or not, part of you automatically goes, man, I, 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 I can see myself doing that. Yeah, yeah. It, okay. I don't want to beat the, horse, the, the dead horse, but I'm just, I can gush about this show all no, I, day I, long. I, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I don't I think it's a bad thing either. I just, it's just it's so good. I mean, you, how do you not? I mean, every, every, um, uh, every, every time I talk to a, a buddy of mine named, uh, named Matt, who's a big fan of this show too, it's – we go off on a gushing tangent for at least a good 10 minutes about how awesome this was and awesome that was. It, 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 this show makes you gush, and that's that's another great thing about it. it. It actually gets you excited to watch. It actually gets you excited to talk about it. Um, I mean, I was looking forward to this all week because I'm like, man, if, he's the, if Dave thinks it's good, it's going to be really good. Because <laughs> I don't do that, especially as I was ramping up to Denver Comic Con. I was like, oh, I got to watch this, and oh, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the same thing. I was just kind of like, oh, I can't wait to get in this, but I was like, man, I can't wait to get home and watch it again. It's just uh, everything about the show is just, it's just aces. No yes. two ways about it. I, I I don't I can't think of anyone who wouldn't like it except people who only want to see people in capes beat each other up. In which case, hey, go watch Infinity War or Justice League or yeah. or go buy um, Injustice on PS4 or Xbox. Yes, I haven't played and the have your one. own, but with big adventures. That actually that is a fin- bravo to you, sir, because that was I think that story was written by Paul Dini. So the first game has a fantastic storyline. Um, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I've, I've played the game. I don't own it, um, but I do need to probably buy it because I'm not going to lie. The parts that I played were pretty awesome. Yeah, and for those who aren't like super comic nerds, that's totally okay. Paul Dini is this one of the guys who helped create Batman animated series. He also wrote um, Batman Arkham Asylum and Arkham City on Xbox and PlayStation as well. And that doesn't surprise me because those were phenomenal. Um, and Paul Dini's work on animated series is just legendary. Yes. That's really the best word for his work is legendary. It is. I think we've tangented enough. Is there anything else you want to cover, sir? What am I saying? It's your show. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just means that I'm fanboying too much. That's what that means. You're grounding me, so that's a beautiful thing. Um, I guess at this point, then, I'm more curious what you think is uh, what, what lies ahead, because that's what that's another thing I like about the show is that you, you can't call anything. I've not been able to call one thing out of this series. Like, oh, this is going to happen. Nope. Just surprise me every time. What do you, where do you think we're headed? When a show is this good, one of two things will happen. Either A, you'll think, what's going to happen? What's going to come next? Or you're, you'll find yourself in the same place where I am where it's, I don't care. I just want to let the show take me where it's going to take me because these showrunners have earned my complete and utter faith. And that's impressive to say at least because I'm still trying to figure it out because that's just the writer in me. I, I like to see if I can disassemble it and see where it goes. But outside of that, um, man, it's going to be a hell of a ride because that teaser trailer from this episode – with uh, Connors, looks like things are going to get real brutal. Oh yeah. Real cool. Oh yeah. I, I, for me, if I can guess what it, where it's going, it's pro- they've probably done something wrong because I know I'm not a writer and I know I'm not a filmmaker. So if I'm like, hey, I would have done this better, it makes me mad because it's like, if I can figure this out, guys. Well, it's when they're subtle like that that I want to dig in harder. I agree with you though. I mean, sometimes you can just see it telegraph. I'm like, oh, okay, that happened. Cool. 
But if you can if you can pick apart the really detailed ones, that's impressive. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think we're going on this one. I'm with you. I don't see any clues or anything. It's just going to be another great episode next week. I, I've looked forward to doing a post mortem, not like going back and actually digging in and really like the, like your the position you're taking it from is a, is a position of uh, admiration and expectation and, and respect, which is what I will do once the show the season's over. There's nothing wrong with that. I just do it a lot more sooner because yeah. uh, I, I get. I get giddy real easy. I, I'm a very excited person like that. There's nothing wrong with that, what can man. I say? <laughs> that's, the be- that's the beauty of these mediums is that it's all subjective and we all enjoy it in different ways. Oh, yeah. No, I agree, too. I, I, that's, that's the best part about uh, nerd fandomists is just everybody gets the chance to just smile about it, and, and I love that. Yes. That's for sure. Um, and actually, so I guess I guess with that in mind, if there's really nothing else you want to talk about, then we can kind of close this sucker out. So yeah, I'm good. I'm that's good. Cool. I, I, I got well, it out. I feel better now. Thank you for the okay, that's the no, experience. I, that's, that's the whole point of this is we had to get it. I'm with you actually. I, I had to gush about this one. There was just so much to love. That's for sure. Um, with that in mind, so uh, we always we're trying to make it more traditional now, um, thanks to one of our other friends from Podcasting Networks that taught us to kind of talk about where folks can find you online and where they might find that wonderful piece that you wrote. I, this, the piece is over at ScreenGeeks.com. Uh, it's a podcast that I used to do for about six or seven years, and then real life got in the way and hoping to get things going again. Um, but the, the article is there right at the top. I'm on Twitter at Dexter Douglas because I'm a Freakazoid nerd. Uh, I don't post at all. That's going to be changing pretty soon, but that's probably where I'll start tweeting out different stuff I write. I also do some writing for Christian Toto over at HollywoodInToto.com and occasionally for you as well, sir. Yes, and occasionally for us as well. You can see some of Dave's reviews from um, the Denver Film Festival this past year actually on our site, which is a some great reviews and uh, you except for Game of Death, like that—that that was a baseball bat. It was a great review, though. Um, I didn't say the movie was good; I said the viewer was great. So that's all that matters. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough, sir. There you go. So yeah, you get it. You get it. So and of course, you can always uh, find me at John E. Betancourt uh, on Instagram, Twitter, pretty much anywhere that that stuff is done. And of course, you can also follow us at Nerds That Geek. Um, and outside of that, we will uh, hopefully see you guys soon on the airwaves here, which sounds really awkward to say because I suck at closing out a podcast. But nonetheless, I'm with you. I think as soon as the season's done, let's re- uh, let's reconvene and have a good chat about this beautiful season that was of Cloak and Dagger. I have a feeling we're going to have plenty to talk about just in two episodes. I, I'm all uh, in. Actually, yeah, this may be a two-part for them. We can, we, can, we can wrap up 9 and 10, and then we can go back and talk about the season because, yeah, that's going to be uh, – I'm, I'm expecting the, one of the best season finales I've ever seen probably, just a hunch. I hope so. I don't, I'm trying not to get, build my expectations up too much, but it could be too late. I'm going to go with the gut on that one, but if it, might, if it lets me down, then, well, it is what it is. Happens, so no worries. <laughs> On that note, then, everyone have a great, great weekend, and we'll talk to you all next time.